The following story has been brought to you by storiestoinspire.org. There was a year of Yaakov Chaim, he was called the Detroit, the Stalner Rebbe of Detroit. Came to America at the uh, turn of the century. Amazing stories. That were, he, him and his wife had a one, they were one couple, he never had children, one couple, uh, their house in Williamsburg was a non-stop homeless shelter, and it was like the things that he did were off the thing. His Shver had bought him a silver stick. Shver was a big Rebbe. So he came with the silver stick. Hey, what, did, what did he do with the stick? He was an older person. His wife held one end. He held the other end. They hung the shopping bags on it. They were delivering. Turn of the century, you were still allowed to have shopping bags. It wasn't illegal. And they went around, and they were delivering food for people. So he would go. He gave out a tremendous amount of tzedakah. And once a year, he would travel around to different places where they were still in the them, and that's how he would raise the money. And one year, right after Pesach, he was going to Detroit, he paid up all of his chaydas beforehand, and uh, he came to Detroit. And uh, there were many, many interesting stories that went on over there. There was a library the yeshiva had. He wanted him to take out certain books. He said this, yes, this, not. He couldn't read English. And at one point, he was just nonstop giving people brachas, nonstop. The Gabba said, Rebbe, stop already. He said, no, no, not yet. And at one point, he said, okay, now I can stop. After like 36 hours straight, and he put his head down, and he was nifter. And there was a whole Indian, the chassidim wanted to bring him back to Williamsburg to be buried. I mean, the locally in Detroit said he was nifted there, he should be buried over there. And uh, the Frankfurt or the other indications, mice, they opened up his suitcase, they found his tachrichim there, his shrouds. They understood that that's where he met. So I'm telling my kids a story about him. And I said, you know, I'm scheduled to go to Detroit after Pesach. I think I'm going to go over there and say a few stalmachs and go once a year. I'm telling my kids that. And it comes after Pesach, and I go to Detroit, I'm there with my wife, we have a nice day there, and do my speeches. And on the way back, so we sleep overnight, in the morning they drive us to the airport, I had a whole day planned over here, and all we hear is delay, 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 delay. And I said, okay, time to make a cheshman nefesh. A person was calling me, this person was calling me to ask information about a shidduch barabacher. I don't want to give information because I didn't know what to say exactly. And I said, you know, it's not right. Call the guy back. Don't ignore. You can't ignore calls. So my wife, I'm telling you, that's why the plane is not taking off. Because until I, he, was, he kept buzzing me, until I, I speak to this person, I, I, I face up, own up, speak to this person, plan. and I call the guy, and I talk to him, and I tell him, this is the Matzif, I do my best, and I deal with it. He says, thank you for calling me. Really appreciate it. I said, now you're going to see there's going to be a change. As soon as I hung up the phone, there was an announcement. Attention all passengers, flight number to New York. Yes, the flight has been canceled. It's a major change. It was no longer delayed. Now it was canceled. It was Gvaldic. So my wife's like, what are you going to think of now? Like now, <laughs> the next thing you're going to think of is going to close down the airport, right? So I said, I know what. I said we were going to go over to the Tzaddik and Davin by his caver, and he didn't go. So I called my friends, and he said, it's not like near the airport. It's like an hour and a half away from the airport. So they rescheduled us on an evening flight, and it was really tight. So we run downstairs, and they get into a taxi. There's an Ethiopian driver who starts telling me, he's an Enikol Shleimah Melech, I forgot, we're going to go there. And uh, I said to him, do you know this address? He says, yeah, he's, he's brought people there. So he tells me, when's your flights? I told him, in, in three hours. He says, it's an hour and a half each way. You know, it's not going to work. So I said to him, let's go. I, there's going to be traffic, there's construction. I said, look, if it, on the way going, it doesn't work, well, turn around, you know, what should I do? Whatever, he had a meter, you know. So we went and we're talking. He says, well, what are you going to do there? And all you're going to have is five minutes there. I said, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. 
Anyway, we get there, we, get, we went into a Christian cemetery at first, I knew it wasn't the right place, and I uh, can't explain why. And uh, finally we found the place, and we find the caver, and it's locked. Okay, you can dive until the outside, and the driver comes out, and he says, no, 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 I know that on the other side, there's like a Hebrew letters you can press. And on the other side, he opened it up, he tells me, listen, you have any, like, thought of making the flight, you have 30 seconds. So we run in, and like, I, I felt something. I can't explain that. My wife also said, left. I said, one could build him. I made my Kabbalah. I was in spiral for something. And like, I really, really felt like, you know, sometimes you feel there's a connection, you know. We ran out. We jumped into the car. And he's racing. And he says, he looks at his phone. And he goes, boy, they, your rabbi, man, he pulls things up there. He said, they just delayed the flight, he tells me. And then he tells me, you know, he says, what, what? He says, what can you do in a, what, what do you do there for one minute? So I said, how long does it take to open a chandelier? I said, better yet, how long does it take to lift the window shade? You know, you could do one thing, and, and the light shines in on you. Anyway, we got to the airport, I gave the guy a nice tip, he deserved it, and we go running, and as we're running, this guy, by a different gate, not even our gate, goes, Psst. Oh, no, no time, another story now, enough, enough. I come running over, and he says to me, I want to tell you something, he says, that flight at 6 o'clock, he says, they're overbooked, like, who you? you have a hard time getting onto that flight. Who are you? Ilyayanavi, <laughs> what are you doing here? Same airline, different gate. He says, here's two boarding passes. So I said, why are you doing this for us? He says, you know, when we announced that the flight was canceled, everybody started cursing and screaming, and he was standing by the gate there. He goes, what do you want from me? I just work here. <laughs> I didn't cancel the flight. So you just stood there, you didn't say a word. Of course not, because I was thinking, what, I was blaming myself, what was I doing wrong? He says, okay, oh, I'm giving you these two boarding passes, you know? And the Rebbe wants them. The Rebbe just says, you know what? You're, if you're, you're up against the wall, instead of throwing in the towel, come up with a new Marev, and you'll see, you'll have Yeshua's, and until then, you never could have imagined. Enjoyed this story? Come again. Bring a friend. Stories to inspire.org.